I can remember the exact moment that got me hooked to Game of Thrones. You see, the first season was pretty much just study background music for me. It was my white noise, my lo-fi beats. That's all it was. Until the moment happened. The star of the show, the leader of the Starks, good old Ned. Ned my man, Ned my boy. He was in big trouble because he was on trial in front of basically the Lannisters, a.k.a. the Baratheons. You know, the king of the land, his son or his heir-to-be Joffrey was putting Ned on trial for essentially treason. Ned Stark, the leader of the Stark family, the star of the show at the time, um, he was basically in handcuffs and they were asking this king-to-be or the king at the time, Joffrey, what do we want to do with Ned Stark? Now, Ned Stark's the star of the show, right? So me as a average passive viewer, I'm like, okay, like he's going to be like, you did wrong against the kingdom and everything, but we're going to let you go. You know what happens? Joffrey hears the pleas of everyone. He hears his mom give advice to let him live. And he says, you know, I'm touched by everything my mom and my sister have said, but you see, they have the hearts of women off with his head. And Joffrey the king sentences the executioner to give one swinging blow to Ned Stark's head. And as the big axe is coming down to take the head off of Ned, I mean, the average viewer knows that Ned Stark's not going to die because he's the star character. He can't die. He's the one that the show has built up to this point. Boy, were we wrong. In what felt like an eternity, the axe chopped right through Ned's head. They send his head flying through the air. And just like that, the star character of the series was killed within the first season. You see, Game of Thrones was great because it knew what how to build anticipation. It knew exactly what to say to get the people hooked. And one of the most hooking things that they did in the series is they muttered this three-word phrase that had everyone shaking in their timbers. Winter is coming. It was a premonition of the White Walkers returning to the land to take back what they thought was theirs. It was a premonition that the unmagical force that no one has seen in thousands of centuries was going to return. And the show started with no magic. And by the end of the series, you were seeing zombies, dragons, fires, gods, witchcraft. Like you were just seeing every sort of magical element. When the first two seasons, there was basically nothing. It's kind of like inflation, right? It's kind of like inflation. People are saying winter is coming and they're talking about inflation right now. We are seeing all of the pressure cooker, all of the background thesis is being cooked up. We're seeing it coming from a mile away and people are getting nervous about inflation. Matter of fact, last week to two weeks so far, we have seen the market take around a 7% dip. 
And now it's back time to all time highs. But with that little market freak out and market scare, we have to start really thinking and taking inflation seriously. Now we're in somewhat of a double edged sword. People are taking their you know, their money at the market because, you know, inflation leads to higher interest rates is the only way to really curb inflation. But when you take your cash out of the market and maybe you're, you know, your stock plan cash because you don't want, you know, the stock market to go down when your cash, you know, when you're taking your money, your stocks and turning it into cash and maybe you're at a 20 percent, 30 percent, some of you 40 percent cash position. One of the first questions that really comes to your head is, well, if inflation's at 3% this year, I'm going to lose 3% of my cash as a value. So what do I do with my cash while inflation is around the corner? I'm going to let you know what I'm going to do with mine. Hi, this is Fly Stu. You're listening to the Uneducated Investor Podcast, the podcast where we connect investing to pop culture. If you love the podcast, make sure you leave a five-star review on iTunes. Download a couple of the last um, videos, you know, put it to automatic download because that's how we grow and let's get better at investing together. So I'm going to give you guys essentially my strategy for cash. Um, it's a little bit riskier, but you can kind of see how I think about cash. So I have cash in different places when I think about the cash percentage or the percentage that's not in stocks. So a lot of people, you know, a lot of you guys live in the States and in the States, you're more concerned about, you know, emergency funds. And that's because you need to save money for a lot of emergency situations, such as health crises within you or your immediate family. That's a huge one that a lot of countries don't really have to think about. Another thing in the States that you have to think about is lawsuits. It is way easier to sue someone in the States than a lot of other places in the world. With those massive two expenses, not really a thing in Canada, we can afford to have our emergency savings a bit lower than the States relatively, right? And our emergency savings, if we need money, typically we don't need it like the next day or the next week, which means that if we really need money, we can liquidate stocks and then actually pull it out and spend it. And that's like maybe a week and a half will take us to get that money. However, where do we put our cash if we don't need it liquid immediately, right? If you need your cash liquid immediately, maybe you'll have it in like a savings account uh, somewhere. But if you don't need it, maybe you need it like a week from now. There is a bunch of different places that I, for my personal portfolio, am putting my cash. Now, again, disclaimer, this isn't something that maybe everyone should do, but there is you know, maybe some value in this just to open your eyes and maybe, you know, you're thinking of an inflation hedge and you're just looking to bounce ideas and see what other people do, right? So this is how I treat my cash. So when the market's around all-time highs, what I want to do is I want to start selling my stocks. So if my portfolio, because, you know, I'm early in my career, I'm in my first five years of working, so I know I have at least 20 more years of working, I probably want to be more heavily invested as my nest egg of investments, my total net equity in investments isn't high, I can invest heavier within stocks because just through my job, I'm going to get like build a third or, you know, one fifth of my net worth just from the money I make this year, right? 
So because of that, I want to have most of my money in stocks. And when it's at all-time highs, I want to sell down my position. Now I want to sell down to anywhere between 10 to 20 percent. And if, if we're in all-time highs for long enough, maybe like two or three months straight, then I want to probably go to 30 percent cash. Now, when I have that cash, I don't necessarily keep it all in my stock account. Some of it I'll keep in my stock account, but some of it I'll put in other places. Now, what are those other places that I put it? One area is Forex. Forex, if you haven't known, is basically foreign you know, currencies, foreign exchange. Um, essentially, there's a bunch of brokers that allow you to trade currencies, You know, trade US dollars for Canadians uh, dollars, and you can trade them on leverage. So with foreign currencies, you know, I trade that actively, you know, maybe twice a week. And I try to make around anywhere between two to 5% a month, which if you do the numbers, 2% a month is around 25% a year. Um, very good return for, you know, just money I have in cash that's barely in my portfolio. Maybe I'll keep around 5% of my portfolio in Forex. Another place I'll put my money is within NFL bets. You see, sports betting as an asset class, I think, is going to become very, very, very popular very, very soon. And the great thing about NFL bets and Forex is these are areas where you, if I need my money, you know, maybe the stock market crashes, maybe the stock market went down 10% like last week, I can relatively get my money out of there within two weeks. So my strategy would be if the market goes down by 10%, I would take the money from my checkings account, put it in my stock account. And then I'd replenish my check-ins account with my Forex account and my NFL bets. So it's kind of like a three-pinned rotation of rotating my money from one area to another. And that way, I'm able to really take advantage of the dips. Now, with NFL bets, I'm not just going out and you know betting on NFL games based on my expertise. I actually don't even watch the NFL at all. So obviously, you know that begs the question, how are you betting on these games? I literally just follow someone who's successful, someone who that understands probabilities, someone that can do risk management, and I just follow their bets and their risk management, right? So if they think, you know, <clears throat> a spread or a line is priced incorrectly, then they're going to bet on a probability and I just follow their bets. So again, I put 5% of my portfolio there and I make some money there. Another thing that I do is... I put money into NBA cards. Now, this one to me is a bit more high risk. I think long term, 10 years from now, NBA cards are going to go 10x at least. I'm anywhere between 10x to 100x. So if you put 10 grand now, 10 years from now, they'll be around 100 grand. If you put 10 grand, 10 years from now, it could maybe like a 10% chance be worth a million dollars if you put your money in the right NBA cards. Um, however, it could go to zero. There's always a chance. This is basically like a modern day art. So the value is really in the beholder, but I think this is a very great store value uh, for your cash. And this is more for like a long-term downturn. So let's say that the market's been down 10% for like a month straight, but the card market is doing well. In that case, I would sell my NBA cards. And in the process of selling them, I would, again, take my money from my checking account, put it into my stock account. And then when my card is sold and I get the money, then that money then replaces my emergency savings in my checkings account. <clears throat> and then the last real store of cash 
or I guess the second last store of cash, I would say is Bitcoin. Again, another way riskier play. Bitcoin, of course, can go up 10, 20, 30, 40, 50%. I mean, this year it went up 6X, actually 60X. It's actually ridiculous, but it's been known to go down 50% time after time. So the way I think about Bitcoin is when nobody's talking about it, when it goes down and then no one is talking about it, it's probably the best time to invest. I think there's one big Bitcoin crash coming, the last one probably, and then you know the volatility is going to start stabling out. So when Bitcoin again becomes, uh, you know, not the talk of a town, when the crash happens and people stop talking about it for four months, I'm then looking to put around ten grand in and then just hold it there forever, you know. This year, it was actually last year I wanted to, when Bitcoin was at three grand, I wanted to put some money in. However, I didn't have as much money as I did now. And my money is kind of strapped up, being rotated different places to place. So I didn't really have that time to really, um, I want to say monopolize on it. I can't think of the word, uh, but that's my strategy with Bitcoin. And the last store of cash that really I want to take advantage of or how I perceive cash in my portfolio is while my money is not in stocks, another place that I'm going to put it is within U.S. dollars. You see, if you're not in the States, one of the best places to save your money or how to save your money is just to literally buy U.S. dollars, get a USD savings account, and convert your money to USD. Um, my overall thoughts on this is when the Canadian dollar is stronger, so when one U.S. dollar buys you about like 1.25 to 1.3 Canadian dollars, I'm buying as much in U.S. dollars as I can. And then when the U.S. dollars hits about like when one U.S. dollar buys you 1.32 or 1.35 Canadian dollars or higher, I am selling all those U.S. dollars and I'm trying to find some Canadian stocks. So that's kind of what how I think about cash. And overall, in my cash position, I'm trying to, you know, make around 8 to 15% in the stock market and around 3 to maybe 7% in cash. Um, if I can maintain that nice little equilibrium while maintaining that liquidity on my cash side, then I'm doing great and I have a very nice diversified portfolio. But let me know what you think. Are you invested in cash? Are you invested in the stock market heavy? What kind of cash allocation do you use versus your stocks? Do you have like 80% of your money in stocks and 20% in cash? And do you think inflation's coming and are you worried about it in your, you know, your cash portfolio? Inflation comes, it eats up all your cash or inflation causes another stock market. It's really, we're really at an interesting time in the market. And it's kind of this time where investors' decisions, you know, everyone who makes the right decisions really gets uh, paid for it in the future. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. The Uneducated Investor Podcast. <laughs>